Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome to episode number 149 of Starting the Conversation. I don't know why I said that number fancy. I think as we're close to 150, I'm just getting all kinds of excited. I'm your host, Alice Benham. And in today's episode, I'm sitting down in conversation with someone that I have been meaning to have on this podcast for so, so long, who is the brilliant Emma from Bow Tie. Now, I'll save the introductions for the episode. If you're not already aware of who Emma is, you're going to love her by the end of the ep. She is a scrunchy cult leader, an incredible business owner, and a walking example of the notion that success is absolutely not overnight, that challenges and failures can sometimes turn into the best things that have ever happened to us, and that there is so much going on behind the scenes that we don't always see. Emma was so honest in this conversation in sharing what the last year has looked like for her business. It has been an incredible year. Her business has been so, so successful. But as we know, business isn't all about the shiny stuff. So I really wanted to dive into what that looked like behind the scenes, unexpected challenges, lessons learned, all of the good stuff. So I really hope you enjoy listening in on this conversation as much as I did recording it. I'll stop faffing. You want to get to the good stuff. Here it is. Well, Emma, welcome to the podcast. I feel like it's been such a long time coming I think every few months I DM you like Emma we need to have you on the podcast it's just finding the right time and yeah uh, life and business well I don't know about you I feel like it's more business than life that gets in the way oh a thousand on my side life is slightly non-existent sometimes what is life that's another conversation I teased on last week's episode I was like the guest that I'm having on you're gonna lose your tiny minds. She's a hero. She's a cult uh, leader. I didn't say cult leader. Yeah, if you said that, that too all. much of a giveaway. Weirdly, too much of a giveaway. <laughs> I mean, if people don't know who you are, they're like, "Who the hell have you had having on your podcast right now? Is this turning into some celebration of cult leaders?" Yeah, Which I guess it kind of is. Well, in yeah. a weird way, I'll take that. So, if people aren't already familiar with you, before we get into like the backstory and you know what we're going to talk about in today's episode, can you give people a bit of an intro to? you, your business, and the fact that you're not a bad cult leader. It's actually a very positive and, and, and good cult. So I'm Emma from my business called Bow Tie. Just started in 2012 with men's products like ties, bow ties, pocket squares, mainly into the wedding industry, um, introduced a pet range, well, mainly dogs in, I think it was 2015. And then in 2020 with the old pandemic, I pivoted into hair scrunchies which is where the whole cult thing comes from because it's called the scrunchie cult and my like thing for the business is predominantly using vintage and reclaimed fabrics I'm always going around charity shops and sharing what I find all the weird stuff that I find all the clothes I find for me and all the really lush fabrics I find as well I love that. Whenever I follow along on your stories when you're going to charity shops, I'm just desperate to come with you. Like if, if you ever want to start a side business, Emma, you should do like, I'll come with you to a charity shop. I just feel like you've got a magic, a magic touch. You seem to find the best I stuff. I love them. Yeah, I can do little charity shop tours. <laughs> come with yes. me, guys. Come on. Emma's tours. And instead of like, you know, when people hold up like umbrellas or flags, so you know they're yeah. on the tour, it'll just be that they're wearing scrunchies and that will be the, the deciding factor. I'll be like, there's uh, six people in there with scrunchies. They must, they're with me. Yep. <laughs> Get on, everyone. Get Round on, them up. <laughs> well, good to know what your next step for the business is, eh? The next evolution. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we're adding in, Emma's tours. But genuinely, and I don't say this just to flatter you, like the business that you've got now is incredible. Like the community that you've created, the desire that people have to have your products and to be a part of what it is that you 
have so amazingly created, you know, the connection that you've got with your audience, the amount of times your launches just keep selling out. Yeah. It's incredible. I mean, do you sometimes step back and just go, what the flip is this business yeah. and what has it turned into? Yeah, massively. Like last night I had a moment where I was like, this is mad, like amazing. But, mm. and I remember saying when I went on your retreat that I really wanted something because I relied so much on wedding season. I wanted something that would carry through like so I could have a busy Christmas again and things like that. And to have a product for, because I've got such a strong female community on my Instagram and I wanted to have something for them. It was so nice. Like, obviously it came from like a shit situation, but to bring something for them felt so amazing. And people have sent me so many like emotional stories, like the meaning to them about a scrunchie. Like, so it, uh, Rachel, you had recently on your podcast, actually, she said like, she, I think she's honest. I th- honestly think she's bought from every single launch now. Absolutely. I've got to shout her out for that. And, um, but she messaged me one time, a really long message saying like, it really helps for her because with her, I'm sure she won't mind me saying because I shared the message, with her chronic illness, it's not always easy to like access, wash her hair, just simple little things like that. So do you have something nice to tie her hair up with on the daily, like really makes a difference for her? And I just, these are things I never thought about from a scrunchie. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. And I feel like every other day I'm watching Instagram stories and it's like, bam, there's one of Emma's scrunchies in the wild. And I just love, yeah. I mean, there's so many things I love about your business, but I think that community feel where it does feel... Mm whether you've bought a scrunchie or not, like you're part of something and you, I think, so beautifully bring people in on that journey. Yeah. Now, I think what's interesting is how people might be able to look, and I'd be interested to hear if you experience this, look at your business where it is right now and be like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. You woke up with that business. You woke up with those sales and launches and Instagram engagement and you know clarity of message. Wow, yeah. I wish that I could have that from day one. Now I know from knowing a bit about you and your story, this has been many, many years in the making. I think part of what I wanna do in this episode is remind people just how much work goes on, both behind the scenes, but also over the years to get a business to the point where you sometimes then look at it and go, oh my gosh, look at how incredible that is. So can you give us a bit of that backstory? Because what's it been like seven, eight years since Bowtie began? Yeah. So it'll be nine years in October, which just feels absolutely... That's incredible. Yeah. Long old journey. I think they say if you reach seven years in business, you're solid and then you're going to, oh. you know, be fine forever. So you, if you get into nine, Emma, I think you're, you're chilling. Well, it's funny because then after seven was then the year of the scrunchie. That's when I then had my best year. So it's like, mm, oh, interesting. There's something in that. And I yeah. think a lesson there that you never start you know, your, your business never stops evolving. You didn't begin yeah. with the business that you have now, but you would have never landed on the business that you have now had you have not just started with the idea that you had nine years ago and then evolved it slowly over time. And I think reminding people that it's not an overnight thing. It might look overnight, but actually everything that's happening behind the scenes and that you don't see, that's really what makes that difference. So un- unpack that a little bit for me. What What's happened over the last nine years that's got the business to where it is now? So definitely, oh God, where do I even begin? <laughs> <laughs> How did the idea first start? I'm curious, what was the, the catalyst for Bowtie? So I was working full-time in a wedding dress shop and I 
was going around a charity shop, of course I was, and I saw all these like vintage, um, like 90s maxi dresses, like velvet ones, and these. I just, I just happened to see loads of really cool vintage clothing. So I was like, oh, it'd be really cool to set up like selling vintage clothes on ASOS Marketplace. But then I was like, actually, I'm not really that interested in that. And I'd probably end up just keeping all the clothes for myself. And so then I still don't know like the specifics. I think it was, I had a colleague at work and she was always reading all the magazines, all the fashion magazines. And she was like, there's this trend at the moment of girls wearing bow ties, like Ellie Gordon wore one to an award ceremony. And she was like, that could be a way for you to like use your creativity. Cause like I studied fashion and business and textiles at uni. And I wanted to still, like, and I've always been creative and wanted to do something like that outside of my job. Cause I didn't want that to be my full-time job for life so yeah I started making but basically I ended up cutting up those dresses that I'd bought and turning them into bow ties which is then where like a love of velvet which has stayed strong throughout my brand has come from and then unknowingly which is also quite weird because I was working in a wedding shop I didn't even think about the fact that I was making products that could then be used for a wedding when I started making the men's ones I just for some reason didn't make that I think it's because I worked with brides I didn't really talk about like the groom side of stuff yeah but it naturally went into the wedding industry which was great because then I was doing like bespoke orders and like bigger orders, like especially in America, they'd have like eight to 10 groomsmen, which was amazing for me, but it always naturally evolved. I never just sat down and was like, I want to start a business. It was just a little like yeah. creative hobby to keep my creativity going whilst I was working full time. I honestly think though, that's our businesses at their best. Yeah. I think as a business begins to become more established, I think then it makes sense to bring in a lot more strategy and kind of you you benefit from that real strategic thinking and planning but I think in the early days like be scrappy just follow your passion follow your interest see where it takes you gauge the response and then tweak your plan from there you know if you'd sat down to try and strategize like right I want to start a business what's it going to be you would have and this is of no negative to you you would have never landed on the business that you have now yeah 100% I mean not to speak for you but the business you have now you love and it fulfills everything that you want it to fulfill yeah I think that's such a good example of it because I know from speaking to people who are in those early stages it can be hard to trust that process I don't know if you had that you know if you're not necessarily seeing the results yet you're not yet making a full-time income it's not yet giving you back the traction that you feel you're putting in the work to get I think hearing the stories of businesses that have begun in that way and are now established and thriving and profitable I think for people in that stage can be really affirming was that something you felt like in those first few months and years how did you feel oh my god yeah starting out like when I first, so I first started selling on ASOS Marketplace for about three months and then I moved to Etsy in March 2013. I was on Etsy for six weeks before I sold a single thing. So wow. I, but I just kept like persevering. And what kept you going in those six weeks? Was that hard to trust that process? I think because at that time as well, it still wasn't me thinking of it so much as a business and relying on it. It was just like experimentation. Sure. And it was just like seeing, putting stuff out there like, isn't it, someone says, like, I don't know if it's the right, like, is it throwing shit at the walls? I don't think it is throwing shit at the walls, is it? It's no, probably throwing, like, it's... tissue at the walls. <laughs> it's, I thought it was about spaghetti. Yeah, I think it's spaghetti. I just took it down. I took a turn on that one. <laughs> more, anyway, throwing something at the walls if it sticks. Yeah, basically. that's what you were doing. Um, yeah, so I think there was, like, there was no pressure on it because I still worked. I was still working full time. And at that time, I was still enjoying my job. Uh, that very much changes later in the year but yeah even in my first year of business I didn't make much money at all and at what point was the business at a place where you were in it full-time it was 
you know, sustaining you financially. And it felt, I don't want to say like it was then successful because I think a definition of success doesn't have to be it's paying your full-time income. I know a lot of people where that's not their definition of success, but obviously with that being where you're at now, where it is your full-time job, how many months or years in was that happening? So I quit my full-time job nine months into my business, but I didn't quit my full-time job because the business was going amazing. I quit my full-time job because I couldn't work there a minute longer because I had such awful anxiety and I just just couldn't be there. Um, So I very unprofessionally sort of walked out. Please tell me it was a dramatic scene. You did something. In my head, it was going to be. And I used to talk to my colleagues all the time because we would always like joke about like putting on a song and then doing like the conga out the door and never coming back. But Love we were it. just like, obviously we didn't do that. But most of my colleagues knew. And even one of them picked me up on the last day and gave me a little like goodbye balloon and everything. And I was like, oh. And I left my keys and then I sent an email to my boss and I was like, I'm not coming in tomorrow. Oh, see, that's a good move because then you don't have to you know, work out some, I'm, the thought of working out a notice period just seems horrendous to me because you all know that you don't want to be there. It must be. Yeah, a I know. Bit so like, obviously it wasn't the most professional thing I've ever done, but I did feel a bit sassy. Mm-hmm. And then, so if you didn't leave because the business was yet sustaining you, at what point, if you don't mind me asking, I think it's just interesting for people to hear, at what point was the business then kind of sustaining you financially and being you know, viable as a full-time thing. Yeah, so it did, like, obviously it was a massive risk and I was very, very fortunate that I had savings to cover me for a few months if I didn't find another job. I looked at doing part-time work. One of the places I applied for was a receptionist in a gym. Bear in mind, I've barely ever set foot in a gym, so safe to say I didn't get that. They were like, why are you passionate about working here? You're like, well... Um, yeah, I really was trying to, like... Um... <laughs> Any cute guys that come to the gym? I yeah, hot guys. <laughs> Eye candy. Yeah, so for like the first few months. But I think the difference was that I had more time to work on the business rather than just like one day and some evenings. I could just throw myself into it. And I think the pressure of like, I have to make this work now because I love it. Um, And I've realised even more so how much I love it. And the fact that I really didn't want to be in that job kind of pushed me to make it work. So that like, mm. it's always something dramatic that makes me get stuff done. Yeah, I think that's quite common though. So yeah. many people's stories involve, you know, I was made redundant or something happened that I, you know, it's not that then it makes the decision for you, but I think it takes away some of the, I am making this huge life decision solely based off of my own. Yeah, exactly. And also like you kind of get to a point where like, well, I've got nothing to lose. What's the harm in just giving it a go? those kind of situations. Yeah. yeah. One of my family friends always says like nothing. Well, it, it's maybe too much of a blanket statement, but very few things in life are forever. And a few months or a year of your life to risk, you know, providing that you've got a bit of a safety net, so you're not risking too much. Like, why not? And I'm sure you now look exactly. back and think, oh my gosh, that was the best decision. I mean, I'm hoping you do. If you didn't, this episode would really take a turn. <laughs> yeah, I want to go back there, actually. I regret it all. It was the worst I regret thing everything. ever. But I can imagine as well, that was a good point in your business to then have all the time to be in it full time because you'd been working on it a few months. I'm sure there was so much learning that came from those nine months of just slowly running it. And like you said, throwing things, throwing whatever at a wall and seeing <laughs> Whatever stuck. you want to throw at the wall. You know, you'd learn what had metaphorically stuck and then you had the time and the energy to really go all in on that, which I think yeah. is amazing. And 
something as well that I think is amazing. What a segue. Love that from me. Oh, we love um, it. Do you know what I discovered? This is a real tangent the other day. Is that segue as in a conversational segue and segue as in the two-wheeled machine. The weird, weird wheeled things are they still on? Spelt completely differently. Oh. Yeah. In my head, they're spelt like S-E-G, like phonetically, segue. Yes. S-E-G-W-A-Y. Yeah. So, segue. Yeah, the transport. I don't even know what it's called. Machine? Bike? I don't know. That's spelt that way, S-E-G-W-A-Y. Oh. And I was thinking the other day, I was like, well, when someone is writing Segway, how do you know the difference between a conversational Segway and a transport Segway? And then my dad, as if I was, as if it was the most obvious thing, was like, well, they're spelt completely differently. And I was like, was I how? the only person that didn't know that? So the other Segway, this is such a tangent. I'm dying, I'm dying to know how it's, it's like spelled now. It's like S-E, I'm probably going to get it wrong. It's something like S-E-G-U-E. Like, it, you know, a bit like the spelling of <gasps> tongue where you're like, there's just too many U's and E's involved. It's a little that, bit like that. I'll be thinking about that for the next week or so, I think. Right? And you know what? I love that fact like that. I mean, this probably makes nobody want to go on any form of meetup or dinner with me is then it's like, right, that's my new thing. You know, when, when conversation needs an injection oh, of 100%. fun fact. I'm, I'm, I'm seeing a friend tomorrow. It's going to be the first thing I say to her. <laughs> You're like, hi, don't care about how your life's going. Do you know? I've got a lovely little fact for you. Segue and segue. Well, speaking <laughs> of that segue, um, I know in your story, you know, over the last nine years, there's been some big challenges that you've faced. And I think challenges where in the moment, it's all you can see is that it's negative and that it's, presenting a real hardship in your business and actually I know now as you look back at those even from an external perspective those things have actually been incredible for your business and have turned into or helped you to create the business that you have today so I guess one of those that I want to pick up on is when your Instagram got deleted or got hacked I mean hello everyone's worst nightmare so you'd had your Instagram account for what like five six years at that point seven wow six years i think yeah because it was it last year seven wasn't it this time last year was it it was 2019 so just before 2020 okay well at least it wasn't in 2020 because we couldn't have handled that would have just tipped you over the edge that would have been a goner (laughs) too much to add in so obviously you'd built up this instagram account your business was somewhat relying on it and i guess you as well were relying on it for community and network and it was really important for the success and growth of your business and obviously we won't go into the detail too much because I think then it freaks people out and all I know I don't want to scare anyone whatever the thing is meant to get (laughs) um but you know you wake up one day and your Instagram is gone I mean talk me through like not to make you relive the trauma but that must have been a a tough day yeah I woke up when was it Saturday morning and I just obviously one of the first things I do in the morning I try not to anymore it's not a good routine is to check my Instagram and it just I just couldn't like it just wasn't there I just couldn't get access to it and then when I looked luckily I had my other Instagram my dog one so I could still message people through that but gave me a little bit of safety I had some access to like message people and be like hey this has happened I think I messaged you on there actually and I was like Mm -hmm. mate give me a shout out I'm starting a new Instagram please (laughs) well that's it I think it's good to even acknowledge I bet before you could even come up with a plan and fix it there must have been a good few I don't know how long but from I think for me it'll be a good few hours of just like crying and despair and having oh, a bit yeah. of a spiral yeah I was massively just crying stressing out messaging all my mates in different whatsapp groups 
Um, I was messaging as well, actually, like Inga Hunter, because she, yeah, yeah. I did her four month Instagram course, which really helped build up my community before it all went. So I messaged her and she was so helpful. And in the end, she kind of just said, like, even if I got it back, like, it could be compromised or whatever. So in the end, I just thought I just had to see it. And this did take, like, this was not an instant decision. I basically took the weekend to just be in full turmoil and just process it. And then I was like, right, on Tuesday, I'm starting a new one and I'm just going to start afresh. And I've gone back to the post. The first post, at the end, it says, I'll be proof that you can come back from stuff like this. Mm-hmm. And I always look back at it and I'm like, I proved it to myself. You did. And I mean, you've come back stronger. I think that's what's incredible about that story is... I mean, tell me if this assumption is wrong, but I bet all you thought was, okay, maybe I can get it back to where it was before. You know, maybe I can grow back a little bit of what I lost, but to now be in a position where you have a more engaged, bigger, more relevant, more profitable audience than you had before. I mean, that's not even a comeback story. That's a a step further than that. Massively. Like I've still got a highlight, I think, where I saved every story shout out when I came back because there were just so many nice messages so if I'm ever feeling really crap I just go and look at that and it's Mm. so nice and just the generosity of my community it really it just reminded me how strong I'd made the community before I lost it everybody was shouting me out like at first I was sort of messaging a few people and then Instagram got angry at me because I was obviously I looked spammy I was like oh my god I can't lose the new one (laughs) (laughs) Ah! constant cycle but then everyone without me even asking people were shouting me out people with massive followings massive platforms were shouting me out bringing in new followings which is not like a normal way for an Instagram to start, but it brought back my old community. And people still find me, even recently, I had someone that found me a few months ago that followed my old one. They were really confused. And they were like, oh my God, I wondered where you were for years. Oh, I love <laughs> oh, that. Yeah. And you know, I remember it so clearly. You remember, do you have those memories yeah. where you're like, I don't know why, but I can remember being sat in my office in my parents' house at my desk, getting that message from you and then just seeing this incredible community just lift you up and I think that's such a testament as you've said to the community that you'd already built and you know I think when it comes to community what you give in is what you get back so that's a testament to how much you give to others in terms of support friendship whatever it might be and I just think what a story where in the moment I'm sure you couldn't see how it would be a positive but in some way do you look back at that situation now and feel really grateful for it and think your business wouldn't be where it is without that challenge yeah completely yeah mm, because I think so? like do you think I'm sure it's a combination of things but was it that you think you know you got loads of exposure through that process did it really help you to clarify your kind of message and maybe shot with more intention like what, what do you think it yeah. did that it kind of just felt like I'd been forced to have a fresh start like there weren't any of my old like this is another thing where I always feel like I need to talk about it every now and then to remind any new followers when if, they, if anyone ever scrolls back in comparison and sees that my first post and everything from then on is all still like very on brand haven't got any dodgy photos or like the Polaroid out, yeah, outline yeah, yeah. or and to them I might look like I started my business in 2019 because that's when my Instagram starts but that's because obviously I lost all of that but now I don't have all the like dodgy photos for people to see or like there would have been a lot of potentially because I've been on there for so long, a lot of like stale followers as well, like people that weren't any engaging anymore or maybe maybe even Instagram accounts that people just didn't even use anymore. 
So it was just, yeah, forced into a fresh start as well. Like, again, grateful to Inga, like, because I'd done that course, I had so many, like, posts, which, because where she reviews them in WhatsApp, I still had loads of that content in our WhatsApp chat. So I could, like, pull them back out to, like, create some more content to start it all up again. Yeah, it, and also, and just to remind me how, like, strong my community was. And I think that's when I realised I had a really strong, predominantly female community. And that's where it all kind of, and I and I just kind of, I'd started to find my feet with my brand basically because for years I struggled with selling products for men, but like I didn't really know how to, I didn't want to make my Instagram really like typically or stereotypically masculine. I wanted it to be me if I, I wanted to be pink and like talking about whatever I like, but it was just basically nice to get like, to understand my brand better. And I think that all kind mm. of worked in alignment with it. Yeah. And I can yeah. imagine that gave you such a boost. You know, I think we can all be silent consumers and it's very easy to forget yeah. how many people you're reaching and how many people are listening and how many people have a relationship with your business. And I can imagine it was be quite overwhelming to have all those people suddenly telling you that they're there instead of just seeing the number, you know, on your story views or on your follower list. And I bet as well, in a way, it was a case of like, right, all right, everyone's sending me these followers, everyone's getting behind me, let's show up with something that is worthy of that like almost a game on you know let's bring it yeah exactly I was like okay I didn't like I think yeah again it's just a reminder of how strong the community was because I just don't you just don't realize because like you say like people don't every day message you to be like just so you know I love your business like you we don't it's not natural don't don't do that but um no although it's a nice reminder though if you do love a business tell them because I know people like assume that everyone knows like they're doing well or whatever but it's always nice to get a boost and I always find it important when I'm being preachy of like make sure that you tell people you love your stuff for me to be like well how often do I do that because I'm always thinking it in my head I look at someone's content and go yeah that's hilarious or something they said really changed something in my life or my business and Emma sometimes I don't even remember to double tap it and tell them that I liked that like that's the lowest thing you can do and sometimes I don't <laughs> yeah. even do that and I think it is a good yeah. reminder that there's always so much more impact than what you necessarily see, but let's try and yeah. be active consumers and tell people that because it gives you such a boost, doesn't it? Even one message that's kind, I'm like, that has kept me going. Thank you so much. I needed that. You might be sending it to them when they've just had a really bad day and that could just change their whole perspective. Yeah, the timing's always right of that. So you touched on there how part of what that taught you was that, well, not taught you, but maybe reminded you or showed you was kind of who your audience were and how actually there might have been a lot of people sat in your audience. I know I was one of them loving you, loving your brand, loving what you do, but not being able to engage in it because it was for the wedding industry and for men. Now, I guess the Second big challenge that from an external perspective, I can imagine you've had over the last year has been lockdown because you had a pretty much 100% wedding industry focused business. Yeah. That was where your revenue <laughs> yeah. came from. That's what kept the business going. Yeah. And pretty much overnight, I mean, it's still not back at a point where it was before that industry went. And I can imagine in a similar way to the Instagram situation, I mean, at that point, could you see how it was gonna turn into a positive or was there that initial kind of mourning period again of like, oh my gosh, this is this is tough? Yeah, I think initially, well, we didn't really know how long it was gonna go on for. So at first I was kind of like, it was like a novelty. It's like, oh, gonna go into lockdown for a couple of weeks, just gonna work on the business, take yeah. a step back, focus on me. Again, 
privileged enough to be able to like, live off savings for a bit. Like that's fine. I've got like a safety net. If I had stuck with that safety net from that point till now, <laughs> there would I the would safety not net out. would not be there anymore. The safety net would be gone. <laughs> um, but then I was like, I just like, after a couple of weeks, I was like, I just can't like sit around. I have to do something. I don't know when it's going to come back. And I just, I'm an actually creative person. I've got to come up with something. Mm. And I think at the time it's when I did that whole, the hashtag spread cheer, not fear. And I did like a post on that. And then that went around for a bit. So I thought about doing content around that. I was like, maybe do some prints or like an embroidery, like all these different ideas. But then I just thought that doesn't have like necessarily have the longevity and it's not necessarily something that I actually want to do. And then it just ended up being scrunchies. I, I wish I knew specifically how it was like, oh, scrunchies. I think it was just like brainstorming and that just came into my head. Yeah. Because it was like, I've got a room full of fabric. I'm not using it. Like obviously I couldn't get to the shops and stuff. The charity shops were all shut. But I was like, I've got so much fabric. I've got plenty of time. What can I make when I'm not going to be using it for any of wedding orders at the moment? So then it was like just experimenting with that. And then and then it, that's when I called it the secret project with the little purple devil emoji. And that's what I just kept sharing for weeks before what it was. And I remember to have messages and people being like, whatever it is, I'm going to buy it. People not even knowing. People were so excited. It was a mad time. I love that. And that's, again, that community that you've built up being yeah. part of what fuels your business and makes it great. And I think what's interesting about that is I think that's a great example of how if we don't create space in our businesses, often new stuff can't come around. You know, if your time, your energy, your resources are at full capacity, all that you should really be aiming to do is to slightly innovate, but you can't change anything too dramatically and sustain. Now, that's not a bad thing. You know, maybe where your business is at right now I mean I know you've got secret projects going on at this point but maybe a little bit over the last year you've been in that phase of like right we're sustaining this new normal for the business but I wonder if if you hadn't have had the time suddenly become available to you in the headspace I think is the biggest thing really more than time would that idea have come to life and would the scrunchies have been born I mean obviously we don't know but it's so interesting how when we're full on in our businesses, that's so rarely when those amazing ideas come. It's when you're on holiday. It's when you're taking the week off. It's when things go quiet unexpectedly. And although that doesn't feel in the moment like it's going to give you this amazing growth, I think when you look back, you can be like, ah, I almost needed the space to then create, you know, to create space for what was to come. Yeah, massively. Like I literally basically just needed a wedding season to disappear that I think that was the only way that was going to happen because normally it would have been my busiest time and I wouldn't have been at all thinking about, oh, how can I make another project right now? Mm. I knew I always wanted to bring out something new and different from, like, just products for men and dogs. It massively, again, came from a situation that I was put in. Yeah, and as we were talking about towards the start of this episode, came from a place of just evolving and not having this super, you know, structured game plan of, right, I'm going to launch this next year but actually just yeah. being very intuitive and responsive to the ideas that you're having and and what people are asking of you and I know as a result of bringing those scrunchies in I mean your business has had a insane last 12 months I hope that's okay to say yeah um, of course I have no doubt there's been record months for you in terms of income and in terms of sales and I know even from an external perspective you know your online presence that has grown a huge amount 
how have you felt like hitting, I don't know, say the classic milestone of the 10K month, which we all know doesn't actually mean anything in the grand scheme of things and disclaimer, disclaimer, but it's still a, a huge achievement, I think, especially for a product-based business that's, you know, selling, what, 13 to 15 pound scrunchies. What, what's that been like over the last year, kind of having those, those big shiny things? Quite overwhelming, exciting, exhausting. There's just like a definite need to like, it's made me reevaluate my business, like things I need to put in place. Like I now know that I'll have, well, hopefully have busy Christmases because they now are such a good little gift. And I didn't really have a smaller priced gifty product before. Yeah, it's just been, I feel like I'm processing it now. I think the good sits next to the challenging, right? I think when, and this is just from my experience, if we see other people having that growth, getting those shiny things, I think you just see it for the good. And of course there's, you know, it's amazing what that represents, but it's always interesting when you're actually in that shininess, just how non-shiny it is behind the scenes and actually how your business doesn't become less challenging. It just becomes challenging in a different way. (laughs) Like you still experience failure and hardship and fear they just look a little bit different to how they looked in your business beforehand yeah massively and like again but with being a product-based business where I make everything myself like say again for the example of the 10k month that's a lot of scrunchies mm-hmm. like and that was just predominantly I think it was maybe a few orders from the dog bow ties but I don't know there were any men's products during that time so yeah, a lot of making, making it all. And even just boxing up that level of orders takes so much more time than you, I always forget every single time when I'm just sat boxing up just the process of doing that. But when you're doing like all those little things 200 times over, it takes so much time. Yeah, and all those things that are involved in scaling a business and growing, it, it's so much more than just more sales and more income. It's then everything you've got to do in order to, have a business that's facilitating those kind of numbers. And I'm I'm interested, like has the last year taught you anything about what you are willing to sacrifice and put in in order to get that growth out of your business? Has there been a point where you're like is it worth pushing this hard to get these, you know, end numbers? Well, like even like going forward I've got ideas for other products, but I know now I will outsource the making of those because I'm at my capacity of what I can make, especially now the return of wedding season, gradually those orders are coming back in, which has been an interesting transition to work, to figure out. I can imagine. Yeah. And definitely where I'm now getting my whole new studio done, it's going to be a much better space. Like I'm going to have a proper packing table to do orders because just trying to work from a tiny space where everything's cluttered and I can't find things half the time. If you add up all those little bits of time where you're trying to find things, that really eats into your day. Yeah. Well, I think systems and processes, they're not glamorous or exciting but they are what helps you to grow and sustain and it you know anyone that's talking about I'm going to help you get a 10k month or I'm going to help you do this you know and measure if there's no mention within that conversation of how your systems and processes are going to be strong enough to handle that level of growth and allow you to scale to that point it's likely going to be quite unsustainable because it's going to feel very chaotic and full-on and then you know, as soon as you're in a position as the business owner where you're not being looked after, you know, that's a, a countdown to burnout. And then we all know what happens when, when that happens in a business. We don't like burnout. And I'd imagine you've had to do that as you go because 
yeah, yeah. I don't want to again speak for you, but I can't imagine you expected the scrunchies would take off quite in the way that they have. So was it no, a bit of like, oh, flipping it, this business has blown up. Now I need to up level all those things to facilitate that. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I've had to learn to transition to a whole different, almost a different business structure in that I now get those big orders from launch nights. And then I have to remember to then order more supplies. And that's a whole new thing. Like we'll be constantly running out of the boxes and the packing tape and the tissue paper. Because I'm just not used to that like mass level of orders where I'd have normally like bigger wedding orders for higher value and potentially less work that go into them to be more manageable. So yeah, just trying to figure all that out. I'm still trying to figure out now, but it's just, yeah, it's a process. Mm, What would be, I'm interested, like if you could go back and talk to the Emma of, you know, that start of lockdown when you were just stepping into this next season of your business, things were really kind of blowing up. Would there be some key things that you kind of wish you'd known or if you could go back? I know obviously you don't want to change the course of history because then maybe you wouldn't be where you are now. But assuming that it doesn't change anything about where you're at now, anything that you really wish you knew about, yeah, that kind of growth and scale. Definitely the change that I did make recently where I now make all of the scrunchies before I launch them. Because for the the first half of the year, I can't even remember when I changed that, I would have all the orders and then I would make to order and it just felt very soul destroying because it was exciting to have all these orders and then I'd the pressure like the, the money's they've already been paid for and now I've got to make them and trying to work out looking at all these like say like a skirt or a shirt I find a charity shop and turn to scrunchy trying to work out how many I can make and stock out of that was always quite difficult whereas now I'd make them before I can count them up and know how much I've got and then every time I get orders I could just box them up and send them off like even after the launch ones when I get like the trickle of just the general orders. It's such a satisfying feeling knowing that I've just got a bag full of the scrunchies, which would eventually be a really nicely colourful, organised box thing going on at some point. But just having stock ready to go, I can't explain how nice a feeling that is. Mm, it's those practical things, isn't it? That they, yeah. they sound so simple and obvious looking back, but it's amazing how you don't know until you often run into the brick wall and realise, oh, we could have gone around that in a very... Yeah, and especially as like, so like Elizabeth calls it like the the launch hangover. It's like the next day or next few days from that hype, we hit like a real low. One, because I probably have an actual hangover because I get so excited on launch night (laughs) with my fancy wine. And then just like the aftermath. And then the last thing I want to do is then start making scrunchies. Whereas if I do it before when I'm in launch hype and I can be sharing them and it just makes so much more sense to have it all good to go before. Like, yeah, that was a massive massive change in fact I know when I changed that I changed that when I took off all that time in January and I had the time to then just make everything and I could change the business because I I don't think I could have done it in between I don't think I would have had the time well again an example of you had to make the space to do the work that was going to allow you to step into that that next phase and I'm interested you touched on there with like the launch hangover which I think is so incredibly real and everyone experiences what have been some of the maybe more emotional or kind of mental challenges that have come up over the last year you know that people maybe you didn't expect would be part of growth or that other people might not see from just what they see externally I think when I've got all those orders to make everything to box up and I'll be doing them but I'll want to be doing something else. Like I'll already be want to move on to the next collection and creating because that's my favourite thing. Like I love boxing up the orders because at the time there's so many, which again is amazing and still blows my mind. I, I always miss who's ordered and the little notes and the things because I can't look for it all at the time. And it's really like, it, that is a real treat, like going through it all and boxing them up. 
but I'll always want to be like doing the thing that I love the most, which is going around the charity shops, finding the fabrics, creating new things and even creating other aspects of the business. Like I really, really want to have a newsletter and I've got loads of ideas for other products. But yeah, just trying to figure out how to do all of these things just on my own and being pulled in all these directions, which is amazing to be busy, but it's also, there's a good and a bad to it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like until you experience your business being full on, you can't necessarily appreciate how that has its own set of challenges. I yeah. clearly remember the first time I heard someone say like, oh, it's windier at the top. You know, the more your business grows, the more challenging it gets. I was like, well, big whoop, good problem to have. Like you're fully booked, well done. Like stop moaning about it. But yeah. now I've experienced a business that feels that way. I'm like, oh yeah, there's a whole set of challenges that come with this. Yeah, and there's it, a hailstorm out there. Right? <laughs> and it doesn't mean you're not grateful and it doesn't mean you no. don't love it. It just means that it's challenging. And the you know, the pressure that you might feel to grow a business turns into the pressure to sustain a business and keep innovating and keep growing. And I think that can be, I know from experience, I find that more challenging mentally than I did getting it first off the ground. Cause it's almost like you've got something to prove now, like this game on, this is something that you've got to continue. Is that, I don't want to project. I think everyone's experiences are so unique, but is that something you feel at all as you maybe look to kind of what's next for Bowtie? Yeah, definitely. It's just, it's something as well. You can't even really prepare for because you don't know what those emotions are going to be until you're in the thick of it anyway. You just learn from the moment. And it's that firefighting of like, okay, flip, didn't expect that that thing was going to crop up and I was going to have to figure that out. And it's, I don't know if you get this, it's always yeah. around launches for me. If, if something's going to happen yeah. that's outside of my control, it, it's always going to be around a launch that that crops up and brings that challenge in. Yeah, and I definitely think actually that something as well, I, there's a lot of pressure that I put on myself now. I have such a high expectation for launches because they've always gone like sure crazy so now every time I have a launch I always have a part of me that's quite nervous like what if it doesn't like if they, what if they don't fly out the door like they always have because I'm like what if one day this just mm-hmm. like stops and each time it's still touch wood still going fine but yeah I just have definitely have all the emotions around that every launch and I think that's quite hard to understand unless it's your business and it's you because I can look at yeah. your business and say of course you can trust it. Launches, you know, how many launches you've had go well, look for the evidence, you know, of why are you doubting it? It's silly. But then I know that in the same way I worry about, okay, well, where's my clients that are booking me for 2022 coming from? And I'm like, Alice, you never, you, it's like, you've got the evidence that you can trust your business, like stop doubting it. But I don't know, I think that's kind of part of being a business owner is that kind of constant, shit is this about to fail I don't know it kind of keeps me on my toes yes constantly living on the edge yeah I do because there's a good and a bad it's like this could all go to shit but also around the corner something absolutely amazing you couldn't even have predicted could happen to like there's so much anything could happen which is yeah exciting yeah which I think your story is a testament to where I know there's so many other examples we could give but your Instagram account going down you know lockdown and the wedding industry going both of those things in the moment feels like just pure challenge but looking back you see there was so much purpose and good in it which I love something I'd be interested to end on or I guess just highlight is that over the last year I'm sure there's 
you know, with those mindset and kind of emotional challenges in mind, I can imagine leaning on your support network and your community has been a really big part of what's kept you going. And I kind of know that from, I coach Sasha. So she's always telling me about your group chat with Elizabeth. Oh yeah. (laughs) Filling it with, this sounds like a whole array of conversation. Um, And I know, you know, from what we said at the start of this episode for you, you've got a real focus on building community and having business friends. Is that something that when you look at the last year, you're like flip, couldn't have got through it without that support? Yeah, 100%. Like I've even got a post that I've written up to put put on Instagram and it's literally all about like how much the whole community and particularly the scrunchy cult, like literally was my, maybe unknowingly to them, my support network for 2020. And I can imagine what, kept you going when whether it was a huge practical challenge you know you've got hundreds of scrunchies to suddenly make or more of a you know mental behind the scenes mindset one those that support whether it was from a follower or whether it was from a business friend keeps you going doesn't it yeah exactly and I have such a like especially like you said like my little group of chat with Sasha and Elizabeth like we'll just happily shout out anything that we're like proud of about ourselves without any kind of like not gonna be like weird about it like it's all about like our own little ego boost and it's like it's kind of like my little hype group I love it that's so important like if I'm ever freaking out like it's they were the ones that were like you're gonna do an Instagram live my first ever Instagram live they were like get on it get on your phone do an Instagram live and I was like I don't want it (laughs) you're doing it we all need those people though that can see our potential and aren't afraid to give you that sometimes gentle sometimes slightly less gentle nudge to make that happen the pep talks yeah I mean that self-celebration is so important right it's so easy in business to just see what's next or what could have been done better or what you you didn't do that you wanted to do and actually giving a bit of airtime to how great things are going and what you can celebrate and what wins there are I mean again it's like getting that positive feedback from people or support it's that boost that keeps you at it and I love that you've got that group chat where literally I mean Sasha just says anytime there's any form of a win from any of you it's in the group chat everyone's hyping each other at and I can imagine that's nice as (laughs) well because you're then not having to work out how to always talk about those things externally because I know that at least for me I find that tricky of like great there's all these amazing wins how relevant are they to celebrate or kind of how do you share that externally in a way that is you know, I don't know what the right language is. Yeah, they were like, they're just like, kind of like the vetting group as well. Like, guys, is this post appropriate? Yeah. Can I share this? Yes, go for it. No, absolutely not. Like, Yeah, we, I've got a good couple of group chats where it's that. And it, you kind of always know your gut instinct, don't you? I'm like, I don't think this post is okay, but I really want it to be. And they're like, no, no. Yeah, you know, you know your gut. I think as well, like, cause obviously like I work alone and I live alone. There's a lot of time on me and it's a lot of time for things to just spin around in my head and just talk myself out of things or overthink, which I'm an awful overthinker. So yeah, things like that really help massively. Love a bit of community. And I think good to remember, similar to business successes and overnight, neither is that network and support. You know, those relationships, it starts with a little shy, cheeky DM slide or bumping into someone at an event and they just evolve from there, don't they? And I guess for people to... Find your own Elizabeth and Sasha in life. Should get a t-shirt of that. Probably quite niche. (laughs) My next product line. We'll add that in. Well, on that (laughs) note, I'm interested to end with what's 
next because <laughs> I mean the last year could have never I'm, I'm sure predicted that this is where the business was going to be now and I guess to to an extent you've created a full-time scrunchie business which now as we exit lockdown your previous business is re-emerging as that yeah. market comes <laughs> yeah, back like, hello <laughs> and I'm I'm like, have, oh god have you missed <laughs> me and I have no doubts that you've got I mean mainly because I see the little devil emojis all over your stories but there's other products and things coming I mean you don't have to tell us the whole plan now because I'm sure it's evolving as you go but like how do you feel looking at what's next for Bowtie yeah so excited I've got stuff that's like in the process and then things that I want to outsource being made but I'm trying to think like do I reveal I will reveal one I'll just basically say that I'm working on some scrunchy cult merch oh that's all I'll say so that's a treat that's a treat for anyone that listens and if they listen right to the end I love that that's so cool and I guess yeah that's for the cult that one that's for the (laughs) special few and I can imagine it feels exciting to explore products that don't rely on your kind of very direct time and energy because I guess as you look to you know either scale the business even further or and I mean there's a whole other conversation within itself get more time off and time to spend on other things in life I guess the current model where it's purely from you probably feels a bit tricky to do either of those things yeah because I would say like my income predominantly relies on those launch nights now and like going forward I think it would be like I do one big launch probably eventually maybe just be one for every season and that would just like and then like like loads that it carries me through and then in the meantime have other stuff being outsourced and made so then I just have a bit of so I can have a life (laughs) especially as like now social life's coming back as well so trying to like make time for that and a wedding season and also not forget about the dog business too it's it's quite like a minefield <laughs> like a very great place to be but it's a lot yeah yeah yeah. and you had a year of it being I guess quite simple and just focused on one thing and now yeah almost everything's coming back into that and I yeah because think- I have to like get in different modes like am I in wedding mode am I in mm-hmm. dog mode scrunchy mode or like me (laughs) yeah yeah is it emma emma time i mean that's something to touch on as well i know we're finishing up but how i have no doubt you know the last year has been achieved through a lot of and i don't think sacrifice is the right word because i think when you're doing it willingly and consensually it shouldn't feel like sacrifice but you know not necessarily prioritizing which i think is helpful in lockdown because it was hard to do anyway the kind of personal life stuff that is for you what it took to to have that growth over the last year and I think that's important to acknowledge because we can you know whether it's that someone has a family or they've got kids or they've got other commitments like you can't compare end result when what you're able or willing to put in to get there looks yeah exactly that that's a good point to talk on actually like that is another aspect of like I didn't have because I'm quite like I tend to have quite busy weekends and the odd plan in the evenings now that things are like opening back up but I didn't have that for the majority of 2020 so I could dedicate my weekends to working guilt-free and not letting anyone down if I want to work I'm working work the evenings if I want to had nowhere to be nowhere to go no one to see so I could just threw myself into growing this new aspect of my business yeah and I don't share that or kind of encourage you to share that as a you know in order to achieve any form of oh yeah success you've got to do that but I think it's always important to acknowledge those things that people don't always see because that's where that 
comparison, I think especially is tough, especially on Instagram where we're seeing all the shiny stuff can set in is where we don't appreciate the nine years that have gone before, or we don't appreciate the failed launches and products that had to happen to get to the ones that are a success, or we don't see how much time and energy and maybe sacrifice goes in to get that end thing. And I just really appreciate you sharing, you know, so openly what those things are, because I think the business space doesn't necessarily encourage that. It feels good to lead with the, the shiny and the great. And, you know, we don't discount that. There's so much to celebrate, but I love that you're up for talking about the reality of that as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So in terms of what's next, I guess people are just going to have to watch this space and see what yes, happens. Hopefully in my studio soon. And then <sighs> I feel like, because at the moment I'm just sort of working from like my bedroom and my workspace is all one tiny room of mess. So it's like, it's quite hard to stay inspired and get stuff done. Yeah, lots of exciting things coming up. Oh, and it's going to be so nice when you can, do know, I'm even imagining all of the business events. I feel like there's just going to be scrunchies everywhere. I can just imagine yeah. it. Like even the like candid events that, you know, the midweek mingles, I can just see it, a sea of scrunchies. That's going to be cool as well. You'll be yeah, able to- Yeah, that's the thing as well. It's going to be really weird. Like, because I know like, a lot of local people, I have a lot of local customers and I don't necessarily know who they are. And it's going to be really weird. I thought of maybe on a night out and I could go in the toilets is wearing my scrunchie and I'll be like, and they'll be like, that's the scrunchie girl. I'll be like, that's my scrunchie in real life. And it's going to be like a weird... Oh my god! Because again, it's, it's all grown when we haven't had normal yeah. going out. Has that happened yet in any capacity? Have you spotted any in the wild? I thought, I, I think I saw a girl in the cart wearing one. I walked around for a bit, but I didn't want to get too like weird about it. <laughs> Just like getting really close. Like, hey. And then I didn't want to talk about it on Instagram because I was like, I bet she might watch my stories and then be like, that was me. <laughs> like... <laughs> oh my gosh, I love that though. That's going to be so cool to see that in real life. And it must be strange as well to think of, I don't know how many hundreds or thousands of scrunchies that you've sold. It's hard with a digital business and when everything's online to really grasp how big and incredible those numbers are. Can you imagine like if everyone that owned a scrunchie came together, you'd have a, I don't even know how big of a room. Like a I know, I was like, do I host an event? <laughs> and the entry requirement is that you're wearing a you scrunchie. You have to wear a scrunchie. That's the ticket. I love oh that. Well, I think from the sounds of it, you've got enough things going on over the next few months yeah. to add a yeah. Let's not a go, scrunchie let's conference not go in. But you know, what? it's it's good to know what the long term plans could be. I'll put it on the yeah the long term plans. Put it on the back on the board. I love it. Well, Emma, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. This has been long overdue, but really, really lovely. And I know that so many people will find as they already do, inspiration and encouragement and just joy in what you do. I love that you prove you don't have to put on some facade to have an incredibly successful business. You're so you. And actually that's what makes your business a success, oh, yeah. right? I do always get the old, the old beer fear on the Instagram stories. I'm very much me on that. <laughs> I love it though. And that's, you know, as we've touched on a few times in this conversation, your community is the one of the biggest driving forces behind your success. And your yes, community is a byproduct completely. of how you show up so it's all good stuff uh i would say where can people find you online i think anyone that's listened to this point is probably a, a scrunchy cult member and they're very aware <laughs> yeah but i know instagram's your main hangout and then people can i mean i say they can come and buy the scrunchies but they sell out right so they gotta follow the instagram and hang about the easiest thing is just yeah on my instagram link in bio if you want to look at them i love it and you'll get addicted go and follow emma's instagram it is slightly like i wake up each day i watch your stories in one so i don't watch it throughout the day 
but each morning I watch the day befores because you. I feel like it's a vlog, your stories. I really feel like I get taken a, through. Yeah, sometimes I'm just like, I'm worried that I'm getting to the point where it's like dots. Yeah, so yeah, like, yeah. Have I done too many today? I love it though. And I think nice as well when you, when I have this of living on your own, it's kind of like you've got people to chat to, but you don't have to chat to them and they're not taking up your space and they don't make mess. Yeah, exactly. It's quite perfect, really. All the perks. Love it. 